Hey, y'all, it's David Adam Burns, and you're listening to the Texas Toast Podcast. Go ahead, put it on real tight. Hope you brought your best tonight. They say they got the fireworks, yeah, they say they got the show. Here around the shoots, you're the best, so let's go. This is Texas Toast. I'm your host, Miss Helen. Kick back and enjoy as we toast the best from Texas. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Texas Toast. I'm Miss Helen, along with a guest that we've had before, one of our favorites here on the podcast, puts out such amazing music. Hello and welcome, David Adam Burns. How's it going? It's good. Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back, and especially now with this huge album release that you have coming up. You have a new album. That's what we're here to talk about. New album, new music. Some of the music is already kind of trickled out, but September 30th release of your new album entitled Keep Up With A Cowgirl, and which we'll, we're going to go ahead and jump into it and talk about the title cut, which is Keep Up With A Cowgirl. I love the strong beginning on that. And the one thing I wanted to talk to you about on that particular song is I believe you have a video coming out and you have a partnership with Durango on that so we want to talk a little bit about that and the song as well yeah you know so i've been working with rango boots for i've been in texas now four years and it was several years before that so nonetheless you get the gist but um you know we knew we wanted to shoot a music video and we approached them the idea of if they wanted to team up on it and uh it worked out so perfectly that they were doing a, a big push on women empowerment really uh promoting their female radio athletes that they also endorse and so it all just kind of fell into place with one little quick phone call. And uh, so we shot the video for it. Uh, I keep wanting to say last week, I think it's been about two or three weeks now. I can't keep track of what day when, what was where, but uh, man, it was so cool. I, I literally just right before you guys uh, called me, got the, the final cut on it, got to see, see what it's going to look like. So, but it's so cool, man. You know, I know a lot of people focus on PBR and all the, the men's stuff at the rodeos, but man, those women are a different breed. I, I couldn't do that stuff. And so uh, to have a chance to to let them really be seen and showing how, excuse my language, badass they are. Yes. Uh, it just, it was a perfect opportunity. It fit the song perfectly. And I'm, I'm really excited to let everybody see this thing. Yeah, the song is so powerful and great. And, and when you do listen to the lyrics of the song, it does reflect how badass those cowgirls are. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. You know, we, uh, when we were writing it, it's funny because as much as I've grown up on cowboy songs and George Strait and Garth and stuff like that. I've never actually recorded one. And uh, to be honest with you, up to that point, I don't think I've written one that deserved to be recorded. But uh, I brought into the writing session when we were writing as me and Jay Brunswick and Jason Blaine. And I just kind of brought up the fact, I was like, man, we need some kind of a cowboy theme song. And somebody in the room said, keep up with the cowboy. And the more and more I thought about it, I just finished watching all the, the updated Yellowstone episodes. And I was like, man, Beth Dutton. No, no. Keep up with a cowgirl. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of the things everyone wants to ask about how the writing session goes. It was a blur. That song seemed to just write itself. But wow. uh, it's just funny how something as simple as an idea morphs into a song, morphs into a video, and just now the title track of an entire record. So. Yes, it's beautiful. Speaking of beautiful song, old school ballad that'll probably become, I predict, will become a staple in everyone's library. I find a reason. Yeah, you know, uh, we started releasing some of these songs, you know, monthly, and uh, that was the one that we started this whole thing with. It's been the best stream song so far. And 
you know, it was that close to being on my neon town record. It just didn't really fit, you know. Well, according to Trent Wilman, when we were doing it, bro, <laughs> you ain't got no love songs. We got enough breakup songs. And so uh, <laughs> I kind of held on to it. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, how many times has, has someone been through a breakup or something in their life that they're needing to move on from? And they make all this progress to turn around and on one night just go back and go to a place that brings up memories or do something they shouldn't. And so. I just, I feel like that song captures that to a T. I think it's a beautifully written song, and I'm so glad I got to record it. They made her favorite margarita at Trace Amigos. So every Tuesday night, that's where we go. Same waiter, same order, same booth in the corner. Yeah, I should stay the hell away from there, cause I know. That as soon as I walk in, I'll erase Every bit of progress that I've made Well, I guess you can say I'm hard-headed The fact that I'm headed where I'm headed Cause every time I finally find myself And another kind of move on song is with talking about no bad goodbye, better love next time. Yeah. You know, uh, what's been crazy about this record, you know, normally you write all your songs and you pick all 12 out at once. Well, that wasn't the case with this. We were able to kind of write and record. And so this record really hit me as I was going through a turning point in my life that I realized I was somewhere I didn't need to be and it's time to move on. And, you know, that song was right where I was at that point in time. It was, I knew the relationship was done. I knew there was no salvage in it and nobody did anything wrong. We just weren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. So we wrote it and I thought it captured it perfectly. And once again, it's been a great stream song and one of my favorites. Then you have a whole beer section. <laughs> well, we realized we had too many ballads and we needed to fix that. I know, I, but that's what I love about this album is there's just, there's just, there's just, is there such a personality to it? You hit so many things. So going to the beer section, cold beer time, a shot or two, past my bud time had me laughing at the end. I mean, how many times has that happened to all of us? It's like you're thinking, I'm so ready for that beer. And ironically enough, when you made reference to that Keystone at the end, I actually drank a Keystone beer for the first time this weekend because there was no beer left and somebody left it on the boat. <laughs> So, anyway, talk about passing my butt. Talk about any of your beer drinking songs. I got to tell you where the Keystone line came from. So, I and when Amanda and I first started dating, she's got a fridge out in the garage. It's a beer fridge, Mm -hmm. and there's a little section of like three Keystones, and nobody will drink them. They've been sitting in this fridge for God knows how long before we, we got together. And so I don't know why I, I wasn't preparing to say it. It hadn't even crossed my mind, but it just came out and Bart, our engineer, when we were tracking and co-producer started dying laughing. He goes, you know, that's staying in there, right? I was like, yeah, it is. (laughs) That is so crazy. Cause that was my story just this past Saturday. Cause I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought there was beer and like the cans were all tarnished from being in the boat cooler. Oh yeah. That's funny stuff. Let's see. And then, um, cold beer time. That's a fun song. 
So here's what's crazy about that one. I wrote it with Wade Kirby. His dad was one of the writers on Living on Tulsa Time, the old Don Williams song. Oh, wow. And so what I love about writing with Wade is he loves to think out of the box and push my limits and just try different things and arrangements. And and that was one of the reasons I love that song. It's got kind of that different chorus. It's almost got like a part two chorus. But he came to the right that day. He goes, man, I've been thinking about my dad's song, Tulsa Time. And it made me want to write a song, Cold Beer Time. Would you want to do that? And I was like. I love these stories. I love this. (laughs) Yeah, but I was like, you ain't ever going to hurt my feelings with a beer drinking song. But that's kind of one of them, you know, I mean, it wasn't brainiac. We didn't try to to outsmart ourselves. We just wrote a fun little party drinking song and and it came out really, really cool. And then you kind of touched the hearts of us small town people with smallest town on earth. And um, I just I love the, the words in there and how it was so relatable to my life. Yeah. You know, uh, once again, Wade Kirby, you know, he uh, I have not written with him until this past year. And he wrote several on this record and even more now stuff that we'll start looking on at the next projects. He's become one of my key writers. But he uh, that was another one of them songs where that melody and, and the kind of feel of it's not like anything I've ever recorded. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. But he came in with that melody and I had the title Smallest Town on Earth. And we just kind of start thinking of every cliche there was and then trying to make the cliches not cliche but yeah I, I just thought it was a really cool song and i mean you know some people can leave their hometowns some can't and some of those that can't kind of have those ghosts and so uh, i thought that was just a really cool way of saying that. it was me and her and friday night driving fast while she held on tight town had just two red lights but we had a million stars ain't a bar we ain't been in rolled through this town like the wind up main street and back again thought the world was ours now there's no place i can run to where i don't run into her ain't a door i can walk through that memory still don't burn I see her car, I see her face Everywhere I turn But that's what you get when you're living In the smallest town on earth we'll move on to another one on the album like i'm elvis i just love that one and i really like the line about the only autograph i signed was a bar tab let's talk about um like i'm elvis so do you know the real backstory on that song i do not so i moved to nashville in 2007 and i signed a publishing deal sometime within that first year and i meet jay brunswick who i've talked about already and uh we start writing nonstop. We get a guy named Dan Adams and uh, Dan had a wife. Well, I think he still does. I don't know why I say he had, but his wife's name was Gwen. And me and Jay were the young dudes in our early twenties. Dan was the older veteran in the room. You know, his wife just always supported him through the good. The bad was his biggest cheerleader. And we always used to have this little saying, I hope we find our Gwen, you know, and we wrote that song about Gwen. And um, it got cut by Russell uh, Hitchcock from Air Supply when he did that uh, Nashville, the Nashville Sessions record. And that was my very first cut as a songwriter. 
Wow. And uh, it's been recorded several times over the years, but I've always wanted to do my version of that song, but I never really had a reason to. Well, fast forward to now. And, uh, you know, I, I find the girl that I honestly should have started dating when I first moved to Texas and we're now engaged, but that song is our life. You know, she's a, a critical care nurse and she gets home, takes off her nurse badge, hops in the van with us. And she goes and helps me and slings merch and does my media and just helps you in every possible way. And so I knew I finally had a reason to do it. And even more, I wanted to do it for her. And so, uh, that's really my, my song to Amanda. Yeah, I meant to tell you congratulations on your engagement. I follow you on social media. I saw the beautiful pictures. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely outkicked my coverage, but she seems to not figure that out yet. So I'm rolling. With it. <laughs> I'm in a one light bulb hotel room here in Harlan. Outside, I hear the cold Kentucky rain. It's been a long and lonely road from where I started. Just to see the marquee sign misspell my name Tonight I played for more empty chairs than people But back home I know she said a prayer for me And two below she's sleeping like an angel Between me and her is all Tennessee But she loves me like I'm Elvis Treats me like I just might be the king She won't mind if I'm never famous So stay up all night just to hear me sing We might not ever have a mansion in Memphis But she loves me Like I'm Elvis Another one that's another great strong one with such descriptive wording in it, all I'm missing. And I, I love the part about tailgate makes a perfect stage. But I like talking about the blue bonnets and the wall. It's just, it's just a full package, just gorgeous song. It was, you know, that's another one of them titles that I've had it in my phone forever and ever and ever, and just never had a chance to write it. And, you know, uh, the last tracking session we did was in May and, Three of those four songs I wrote the week before we went in the studio, and that includes that song. It was funny, you know, they crammed me in the room, and I was just writing every day, touring too much, and it almost hit writer block. I just didn't have anything else to say, and then, boom, these songs come out. But we just sat down and started thinking about all the things that make life perfect, but the reality is if you don't have that somebody to love and, and somebody to share it with, it ain't really that fun. Yeah, that was a really fun song. And of course, anytime I put George Strait in a song, I'm happy. So. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move to a couple more accidents. I want to talk about that. I know that's been out. Uh, I, I like how you also threw in some acoustic on this, but yeah. accidents is has such a, it's so much meaning to that song. It is, you know, and once again, songs that kind of take shape later on in life or mean more to you than they originally did. You know, I, that's another song that I wanted to record on the Neon Town record. Uh, I was still in Nashville. Texas wasn't even in my sights at that point. And I didn't think at that point in time in music that people were going to wait long enough to hear the payoff at the end of the song. And I was like, why waste this? And so now that we're doing what we're doing, I was like, it was time. But uh, I wrote it with Jason Matthews and, and Johnny Bulford. Uh, just such a great storyline. And then the way 
the end of it would never happen if the beginning, it just, I love when songs are that creative and, and it all has a big payoff at the end. And, you know, it goes into, to Amanda, you know, I'm moving a house, dating someone else to move to Texas. And because of that house, I ultimately meet her and now I'm engaged to, you know, it just, it's, I just, I don't know. It's one of the things where it's crazy how it all comes together personally and musically both. He spilled that coffee on his shirt, made him a little late for work, right on time to find her stranded. She let that needle fall too far, and he had a gas can in his car. It's almost like somebody planned it. Call it what you want, but pieces they just don't. Fall in the place just like magic Just behind the scenes Somebody's pulling strings There's no way all of this is random Accidents Don't just happen then you have the Dan Sills on there, everything that glitters, which is, I mean, I think there's generations of, of people that have grown up. I know when I was in radio, it was already kind of a classic, but I remember growing up with it. Then the kids were calling and Miss Helen, can you play that? It'd be during rodeo season. Can you play everything yeah. that glitters? I think one of our mounted drill teams even used it for one of their drills. I just, man, that song is so, what's funny is it's really a sad, sad song and it's so pretty, but I, uh, that song out live because I can't do the falsetto part and it's always been something that bugs me and I don't know why but when they said well what are you going to do because you know I, for those of you that don't know I make it a point to always do some sort of classic throwback country song on every record because I want people to hear the music that made me uh-huh. and uh I don't know why right then and there it was like we picked keep up with the cowgirl as the title track and I was like well I guess I need some sort of a cowgirl song that's the first one that came to my mind and I went you know what it's time for me to figure out how to sing this falsetto or not on that chorus and honestly I did it in one take it worked out perfectly and I was like I could probably do a second one but I don't think I could pull it off twice as good so I just <laughs> left it alone and I, I really love that it's going to cap off the record I think it's a great ending to it Yes. So it's just all of the songs are amazing. I like how you've planned it. I like being able to talk to you about the specific songs. But I do want to tell you, since last last year it was when you were on the podcast, we've just, you know, we follow your music and watch you get your number ones. But your congratulations, One Honky Talk Town, your most recent seventh number one consecutive. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, I waited a long time hearing that you're too country. And uh, I know I probably sound like a broken record saying that, but it puts a chip on your shoulder. So to finally be somewhere that what I do is a good thing and to be rewarded for it. It's just, it, it's, it's been awesome, man. I'm so thankful. One thing let's kind of transition to, I want to talk about as I was listening, literally I was up till 1230, 1245 listening <laughs> with my headphones on last night. Man, I was picking up that fiddle. I was picking up that fiddle. And one of my dear friends, a brother from another, is fixing to start playing fiddle for you, Matula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it's kind of funny. I fell in my lap. You know, I, I haven't used a lot of fiddle in my records just strictly because that's another band member you got to bring down the road and more overhead. Uh, Janae Flaner, the studio session uh, 
fiddle player. She just, she goes in there. We wouldn't even be trying to put fiddle on a song and she'd just take over. We're like, well, I guess that's a fiddle song. Next one come in. Well, I guess now that's a fiddle song, but I am, man. Uh, Andrew kind of fell in my lap here a couple of weeks ago and reached out and I'm excited to have me start to this next week. Yes, uh, he's excited. He he called me. We talked on the phone about it because I mean that's how close we are. And he'll have yeah, some, he'll have some hey, stories. He'll uh, have he was already texting me, telling me a few things. I said, "Well, I won't tell him. I'll hear him there." But you know, <laughs> we've had some good times. He is de- he is definitely like part of our family, uh, you know. And he's he's yeah. Anyway, so where was I going with that? Yeah, so I texted him this morning, and uh, he he's practicing. He said, "Oh yeah," I said, "Man," I said, "I said he found the right guy because he he can work that fiddle good." But that's what I I mean, just all the the all the music going on with the different sounds, and it's just it's just everything is just so perfect. Where did you record at? Uh, you know, I still go back to Nashville and do my tracking. Uh, Station West Studio there, kind of in the Berry Hill area. Uh, honestly, I've done everything there. For the last probably 10 years, you know, other than Neon Town record, I had a record label involved, so it's a different studio. But I just love the studio. I love the vibes there. I love the sounds there. And, you know, Bart, my engineer and now co-producer, um, it's just, it feels at home when we're in there. So I, I love being able to, to track and just, that familiarity is such a big thing. You don't realize it until you don't have it. But I really missed being there on that Neon Town record. So I was glad we were back. Nice, nice. And, uh, and yo, yeah, speaking of that, your co-producer, because you co-produced with him. I did. I did. Um, you know, and it wasn't by design, you know, Trent was working with us, but just when we had to do the very first session, Trent was unable to be there. And, uh, it forced me to have to put that producer hat on. And and I'll be honest with you. I don't think Bart got enough credit on the last record. You know, he, he knows my voice. He knows when it's right. He's such a great traditional country mixer and ear. And so I thought, man, it's time to let him have that credit. You know I mean? He's worked on just about every Alan Jackson record. And yeah, Keith Seagull gets the, the the credit for it. But just like with mine, you know, I, without Bart, I don't think Alan would have had the career and the sound that he did. So mm-hmm. I thought it was time to just go, man, let, let's team up. Let's do this together. We both know what I want to sound like. We know what these songs should do. And it, it was awesome being able to just be in the studio and take that next hat on myself. And so, and to take it to another level, the one of the things as I was listening through all the songs, it's like I can only imagine what it would be like, what it's going to be like going to a David Adam Burns show. They, I mean, they better have like some big dance floors, even too. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is in the makes for like a show just that could, it's just going to be phenomenal. It's just with the, with the stuff you already have. Yeah, well, you know, we we just finally, uh, I guess about whenever that Nashville run, we kicked everything off. I keep forgetting what week it was, but for the sake of the conversation, we're going to say two weeks ago. But uh, we finally went ahead and put every song that's on the record in, redid the whole set list and all that. I mean, it does. It's got such a good flow to it and watching that dance floor feel. I mean, obviously, we want to get to the point where everybody's up front pit style screaming for us, but, you know, we'll earn that before it's over with. And some, some places we go to, that is, but. It is great just watching that dance floor stay full from start to finish. It's, uh, I love that. Yes. And so you have an album release party for the album. We are. And, you know, there's going to be the kickoff night, you know, uh, since I live here in Justin, the Mule Barn has pretty much become our, our home venue. So we decided that should be night number one. But really all of our dates throughout uh, October and even the first part of November are going to be part of our album release tour. I, I know, uh, we're going up and doing my yearly run to Columbus, Ohio, and out in parts of Kentucky. And 
I'm actually going to play the country music hall of fame in Nashville that week. I know it's not necessarily part of the tour, but wow. it's still cool for that to be in the middle of it. And then we'll probably wrap it up around the time that we do a uh, little rock there in early November, since that's my hometown. And so I, I don't know, we'll, we'll keep the label on as long as people seem to be interested in it. Yes. So there's a way for everyone to pre-order and there's a little perk that goes with that, right? There is, there is. So uh, <laughs> there's a link. Uh, you can pre-save and do all the digital stuff. But if you actually pre-order on iTunes, the record, I'm going to send you a personalized handwritten letter just saying thank you. And we just really want to emphasize how much that means because, you know, we were almost, I think we got to number four or five on iTunes on release day on the last record. And being able to have that number one spot on release day is a huge deal, especially within the industry and and uh, just, you know, getting opportunities. So we're, we're begging the fans to come out and help us snag that number one spot and see if we can make some noise for some traditional country music on release day. Yes. Well, that's pretty much all I have for you. I think I've covered everything. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but <laughs> anything else you want to throw out before we wrap this thing up? Man, just uh, everybody that, that loves the music, y'all share the word. You know, I always, it's getting less and less. You're starting to get country music starting to make a comeback. But I always remember people saying, there's no country music left. There damn sure is. You just got to find us. So uh, we just appreciate all the fans and go download it, go stream it. Most of all, come to the shows. We want to see y'all out there. Yes, yes. I want to come to a show like terribly bad. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the album. Congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. <laughs> kind of almost messed <laughs> that one up. But yeah, it's been great as always visiting with you. Thank you, David Adam Burks. Hey, thank y'all so much. Well, there you have it. Another great episode of Texas Toast. If you've made it this far, just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been listening and spreading the word about us. If you'd like to support the show, whether it be through sponsorship or by subscribing on YouTube or by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Anything and everything helps. We're just getting this thing rolling with no end in sight and have some incredible interviews lined up for all of you. And with a heavy tongue, she knew where I was from As she left, I dared to say Well, you can go to hell Hell, I'll go to Texas I've had my fill of every place but home Well, take away these city lights Put me on a one-way flight I'm leaving out of here tonight Just consider Southern draw, my swagger on my sway. Yeah, these old boots, all this cowboy.